0: Well, hello everybody. Trying to go live here uh, again. we got Carlton McDonald on tonight. Going to try using some uh, head buds here to see if we can not get a little bit better audio since we're trying to put this up on the uh, podcast section as well. So uh, give me a thumbs up if everything's coming through well. If it isn't, we'll go back to the old way. So one week away, we've got uh, drifting coming up uh, next Thursday at Rad Torque. May 4th, so it's going to be a great start to the year. Uh, Weather's looking great, and uh, we usually have a great turnout out there. So, ten dollars to come and watch, fifty dollars to drive. Uh, We usually run from about 4:30 until until it gets dark, so right around nine o'clock. Yeah, that sort of kicks it off for the season, and then we have our season opener with uh, Stratotech Park, and that is May 13th, and um, that's going to be a really good good event we got uh, the sport bikes we got lapping events and then also um we have the drift guys out there sort of putting on a little bit of a demo and uh practicing i guess for round one which is going to be june 10th out at stratotech so we've we'll playing a little bit with the with the layout out there so i see carlton's jumped in there so we'll just wait for him to to uh request to join and we'll talk to him sort of a little bit about what he's got going on and his plans for the 2023 season. Uh, Just wanna give a big shout out. We had some really good partners jump on board this year. So some of the new ones that joined in is Yellow Speed Racing, NRG, and Motties Oil have all joined into our program, helping out uh, the drivers with discounts, uh, helping the series, I guess, give out some prizing and stuff like that. So it's really good to see some of these bigger brands jump on of course, we've got to thank Grip Royal for doing the custom wheel for us and having that set up as well. So those are available just on the uh, Spec-D website. So if you still want one, we've got lots coming in, and there's still quite a bit in stock. So if you want uh, to get a custom wheel with the Spec-D uh, logo on it, uh, the Grip Royal ones are really nice. So I encourage you to head over to specd.ca and pick one of those up. I'm gonna let Carlton in and we'll chat with him. As it joins. Here we go. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. Excellent. You able to hear me all right?
1: Yeah. Uh, How's the internet right out here? Is the internet good in our shop? Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, pretty good. Cool. I
0: see that the car is up on the lift and oh, getting some work oh, yeah. done on it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we're just trying to improve the audio. We put it up on, uh, on podcast version as well, so you can find it on Spotify, iTunes, all that. So, trying to just improve that a little bit. Um, but still, like, the live portion of it kind of just gives it, you know, we don't have the ability to edit that way. Um, so, why don't you just take a minute, introduce yourself, where you're from, a little bit about your competition background. Yeah,
1: so I'm Carlton McDonald, and I'm from Camino Island, Washington, but I live out here in Monroe, Washington, right across from Evergreen Speedway. Um, I drive this 2001 Ford Mustang, and uh, I have been competing now for about five years. I started off in the uh, grassroots events out at Evergreen, and then built this car to compete in Pro-Am, and then that's when we lost our Pro-Am series, so now I've been kind of venturing out and here I am planning on running the uh, pro series up at spec D.
0: Excellent. So I also been catching up, uh, take a minute, plug your YouTube. Um, I've been watching it sort of since you guys started before the, uh, the golf cart oh, yeah. and it was, it's really good. And I noticed that like your latest episodes, you're really comfortable behind the camera. Um, Watch the last one where you're, you know, modifying the subframe to put in the quick change. Uh, talk a little bit about the YouTube channel, sort of the the idea behind it. And, you know, some of the things that you decided uh, to build like that golf cart.
1: Yeah, so uh, the YouTube channel is Skidius Garage. And that is me and my good buddy, Tori Um It kind of came about when uh, I started building this car. Uh, we were just kind of like, you know, shooting the shit a little bit. We're like, Hey, you know, it'd be kind of cool to start a YouTube series about the build of this car and kind of get things rolling with like doing blogs and such. So once we started that, uh, very first episodes were super rough. Like, you know, it's so weird to talk into a camera and like try and be comfortable mm-hmm. about Listening to yourself talk, because I was also doing some of the editing, too. So then you play back these videos. You're like, man, I sound like an idiot. I still think that every time I watch a video, you know. Right. Um, But that's kind of how it got started. And then it just continued to roll. And we started to get a lot of good support in all our videos, especially, you know, the build of this car. And we kind of came up with some different project plans um, from doing this car to some of the stuff on Tori's drift car. And then it rolled into, you know, to get to the golf cart, uh, it was kind of something Tori had like talked about. He's like, yeah, I want to do this predator swap golf cart. And everything kind of just worked out. We were able to pick up it's some cart that was out in the field. Uh, I can't remember what he picked it up for, like 300, 500 bucks or something. And then um, he uh, got that. And then the Predator motor we got from a good buddy for a super good deal. So it just kind of all came together. And then we did that wild golf cart build from ground up.
0: Right. Yeah, it looks actually really good. Like I was pretty impressed, you know, changed all the color, painted everything from, if you go back and watch, I think they did the, you guys did the build breakdown on that. And he Mm -hmm. has the pictures put in of how it looked when it started to how it is now. And, you know, all the, all the many additional things that you need to make this, this kit work and and look good right yep so it i thought it was pretty interesting you know it's the same thing spend six thousand dollars to you know for something <laughs> that, that i don't even know if it's going to be allowed at any of the events <laughs> <You're> Right. <laughs> it, well, yeah maybe we too actually, fast
1: <laughs> yeah we actually just took it out to uh driftcon yeah. the first event out here at evergreen we had it there but we were pretty uh pretty mild about driving it still because we haven't quite finished the uh steering rack on it
0: so it's still a little bit sketchy to <laughs> Get the high right. speeds. Just doing... You're able to
1: get it to do a wheelie, though. Well, that
0: was pretty sweet. I mean, hey, well, isn't that the main thing that you want to do? I mean, if you got the gift golf cart, you might as well have it uh be the best one and the fastest and loudest one out there. Oh yeah. So, all right. So I know
1: when we were building it too, Tori just kept adding on all the accessories. He's like, "Oh, we need to wire this in. We need to wire that in." I'm like, "Come on, man! Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to finish
0: up this wiring." Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was it was interesting. So if you haven't watched it, I mean, I, I recommend. I'll put a link in i uh, throw it into the description of the video for for your YouTube. It's it's interesting, you know, and it's it's neat to watch the progression. So many of the big YouTube people that we, you know, we're all watching YouTube content anyway nowadays. And they're so polished behind the camera. And I really noticed that in your latest episodes of that, I mean, you've just been alone in the garage working on the car and putting oh, yeah. the adventures into it. Um, so go back to the car. I mean, basically you came out, uh, you did our – our shootout last year, I think it was a tie rod that took you out against Tristan McLennan. You All were right. on, his, on his door, a little bit too hard, yeah. broke the tie rod, and you guys couldn't get it fixed in the five minutes. Um, and then I see you basically are redoing the entire back end of the car. When you go through a little bit about that, why you're going from the solid axle to the uh, 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 independent rear suspension?
1: Yeah, so the, the big thing about going to the uh, independent rear suspension was I wanted to be able to set it up with the winners because when we were uh, in mission and running there, my gearing was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, we set the car up more to compete at Evergreen, and with the Pro-AM series there, we run the 5.8s bank, the same FB layout, uh, at least for two events. And so we were kind right. of focusing on building the car for that and being competitive mm-hmm. there. Uh but then when we took it to a a different track and everything, it we started to realize that wow, like this gearing is definitely not right. Yeah. Um and then part of me wanted to go to the independent rear also because of the adjustability it allows you to have. Um and all the suspension components with being able to, you know, change toe and camber and there's a lot of debate between whether IRS is better than solid axle. I mean, you know, you probably have seen some of Chelsea DeNofa's videos and yeah. such, and he really prefers the solid rear axle, you know, over the IRS because of the simplicity of it mm-hmm. and such. But the more I looked into it, I decided I was like, this is what I want to do. And with this chassis, it bolts directly into the frame. There's no modifications needed, so it's completely legal to actually do it.
0: Right. Yeah. And then, so, like, with the coilover setup, you need to change that? Is there any work to be done, like, on, you know, basically for the coilover setup in the rear, or is it all you're able to use your original components?
1: The only thing I had to do was i had a contact feel and let them know i was switching over to the cobra rear and they just sent me new lower mounts and that was all it was
0: everything else is exactly the same See, so that's not too bad because you know we always look up here like, i mean us from canada we're always stuck with the the exchange rates so things like the winters things like the dog boxes is so expensive when you add 30 percent to the price of it so sure. like you know when we watch um you know all the builds from the guys who you know came up jace and his crazy build and there's just lots going on down there i'm like
1: that's
0: a lot of money to be spending on it um so for the winters like do you mind talking a little bit about the budget what what the change over to the you know the independent cost like do you mind sharing that with, with some of the people
1: yeah uh, uh, no problem there um i was luckily um, able to get a pretty good connection with the winners. So mm-hmm. the winners I picked up is from uh, Rad Industries, Dan Briquette, and our good buddy uh, John Vick he kind of has a connection there with them and they actually picked this rear end up a long time ago and so I was working with him to try and get a new one because I wanted to get the 6 bolt instead of 10 bolt and you know when you buy something like that you want to get absolutely the best thing you can. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but came into you know it came down to time right so you know am i gonna wait four to six weeks to get this winners and then i have to do all the modification after that all of a sudden i'm cutting real close to being able to make it to an event right right um but i was able to pick that up from them with a uh at cost price i only paid 3,800 bucks for it and it's normally sells for like 4,600 so i cut the budget pretty uh down pretty much you know at least a a little under a thousand bucks, right? Um, so that's one of the main big costs of switching over. If I would have just went to an IRS with, with a regular Ford differential, it would have been a lot cheaper, but we don't like to do that. And I see that Tori commented, no budget. He's pretty much right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I mean, um, if you're going to make the change, I mean, by the time you do the swap and you go like, I mean, we did a swap of, uh, of the Ford. 8 into one of our RX-7s and I was thinking by the time we did that, bought the axles, the kit, everything, you're, you're almost there to do a quick change and you're like, right. why didn't I spend the extra thousand dollars to to uh, jump in? I see G-Force transmission is in there, you got to wave to them. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the absolute best thing that I've ever bought was a G-Force, you know, I tell everybody the same thing. Best money spent was was a dog box transmission for sure. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, no, I, you know, going back to to changing and going to exactly what you need, like I, I really think that is the way to do it because a lot of times we'll do, you know, you almost cut it down so you're going, well, I can go to an 8.8, and these are, you know, everyone says they're indestructible, whatever, but they're set with a gear ratio. So then you go and you go, well, now I'm just going to buy a spare and yeah. set it up with my other gear ratio, and then you go, you know. For another $1,000, you could just have a Winters, which is proven, and then you have infinite, basically, gear ratios available. Yeah, um, and that was
1: that was actually something we talked about, too, mm-hmm. before going to Winters, was actually just getting a couple different differentials with different gear sets. But at that point, it kind of panned out where it was like, well, okay, well, I'm going to spend that extra money and get the Winters because it just makes more sense. And the simplicity yeah. of change. Changing stuff at the track too, you know having to actually drop a diff and put a new one in it's a lot you know it's not difficult but it's a lot more time than just pulling off a rear cover and
0: putting new gears in yeah uh, i i think so too i mean it's it's one of those things you know like us running the series and i also kind of go down and i you know i guess it was pre-covid since i've driven in the states and actually get anything down there but um a lot of times i was taking a couple of dips with me and i go. I have, look at, now I have like three ratios, but not once in an event have I ever changed a diff to get a better ratio. I, I always just go like, I'm going to drive around the problem. I'll either increase the rev limit or just change, even I'll go change tire size instead of changing a, a diff on the track. And, you know, I talk myself into it and go, I'm going to buy these, I got the spare diffs, I got all these ratios, but I'm never going to change at the track because by the time a guy does it, you know, like if you're in practice, like even at our mission event, let's say we got five hours of practice. By the time you do an hour and a half diff change, mm-hmm. and then relearn that, you know, I don't think it's you, you might as well just drive around the problem unless you have the quick change. Right. Um, right. Yeah, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, drifting is expensive, any motorsports is, and I think finding that that happy medium of what's the best investment in it. Is um, is sometimes spending a little bit more and having the parts that are already proven. Um, you know, no hate on the eight point eights and stuff like that. Yeah, they are strong, but I think the versatility behind having the quick changes uh, is going to be there. Um, so, you is this the? Cause there's a couple of versions of the quick changes. Why don't you sort of give us why you picked the one that you did? I know there's some different strengths and whether it's aluminum shafts or steel
1: yeah so when i was trying to figure out which one to go with um i mean looking at you know what the pro guys run and Mm -hmm. what they kind of put in the back end of their cars obviously we don't have that kind of power yet so there's not a ton to be worried about but i just went straight with their thousand horsepower spec one so that way i don't have to buy twice Uh, I thought about going with kind of like the 800 horsepower range because it is a little bit cheaper, but then that comes down to the same thing. You know, you're going to end up, either you don't have to completely buy a new rear end, but you're going to have to replace parts and everything on a refresh. Um, So I just went, went big, you know, you go big or go home. Right. Yeah. So
0: yeah. uh, Buy it once, buy it right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Um, So, so the basic, mindset of the car is this is going to be the car that you're going to take into into ProSpec if you license and you guys are are planning to go that route is that sort of your end goal
1: Yeah, that's my plan with this car. Okay. Is this would be the car I would take um because I I, I love the SN95 chassis and this mm-hmm. is kind of that end year where you can actually make them competitive enough. At least I feel like you can make them competitive enough in the ProSpec. Um, right. you know to be able to be up there with some of the best, I feel like. Uh, we, we've learned a lot. We've done so many different things. Like Because I've had my Fox body, and then Tori's had his SN95. He learned a ton of stuff building his. Mm-hmm. And when we did the build of this car, he was a huge help to me because he goes, okay, well, this is what I liked on my car. Right. And you can decide to do that too. And here's what absolutely sucks. So we're not going to do this again. We're gonna do something better. So it kind of is built enough to where we can make these cars pretty competitive.
0: Excellent. So uh I know that we talked a little bit before, like we did a, an interview sort of before last year's event, uh, and we went through your motor setup. But for some of the new people watching, and now that we're, you know, gonna be on the podcast, do you mm-hmm. want to go through and just talk a little bit about the motor setup and maybe why you chose that? Yeah. Uh
1: so it is a 382 built out of a 351 Windsor uh, born stroke. And it used to be a Hamner sealed crate motor for uh, road racing. And so we actually sourced it down in California from an engine builder down there and they didn't proceed with building it. They kind of just had it sitting on a shelf. So I was able to bring it up here and have it built by our guy. And I worked closely with my uncle who has helped me through all motorsports all through my years and working with him it's kind of like he's old school he's the old Mm -hmm. school guy he does all he used to do all the circle track and stuff and so uh we kind of came up with this recipe with the engine builder of this motor and we know that we want to go to some sort of aspiration in the future so we wanted to again you know build it once and not have to you know do a whole throw a whole nother powertrain at it um so we were able to come up with this 382 with a lower compression ratio and everything. And uh, it ended up making, you know, the 670 horsepower and straight up with a uh, old school carburetor. So it's, is it still
0: carburetor or did you go fuel
1: injection? It's still going to be carbureted. Uh, we are looking into going to the Holley Terminator X. We're going okay. to make our way there and, and eventually.
0: So 690 horse. And that's no nitrous, no anything. It's just carbureted yep. straight power. Yeah. Yep. Naturally um, aspirated. How do you find the, uh, like, is it sort of like, like the NASCAR motors where the power range is really high? Or is it more like standard V8 where as soon as you put your foot into it, you got lots of power?
1: Uh, it's right there all the time. Is it? Okay. Yeah. So, and when we engine dynoed, we actually were looking at our torque curve. But, well, when we were looking at the torque curve, it was completely linear. It just mm-hmm. stayed at uh, like 515 foot pounds of torque all the way from like 3000 RPM up to 7,200. And it fell off a little bit right before that. So, whatever magical recipe they came up with, it worked pretty well because that car just continues to pull no matter what, it never really falls off
0: so if you're if you're at that that range, six hundred ninety horse, I think that's probably a good competitive range to get into, I would say even prospect. Um Have you talked to any of the drivers that are sort of running the Prospect series and kind of seeing where they're, where they find that the the uh, the power range is needed is?
1: Uh, I've talked to a couple of buddies. We have a couple of local guys, uh, Zach Farrar and Joe Lynn, that have mm-hmm. gone and uh, ran spec. And they say, yeah, you don't need that over a thousand horsepower to go be competitive in ProSpec. It comes more down to like that probably 700, 800 horsepower range, but really the setup of the car. Right. So that's where I've been kind of considering like, you know, if I, when I go to ProSpec, am I going to worry right away about putting a Pro Charger on the car? Or am I going to take it and, you know, maybe just see what it does,
0: see how it stacks up compared to the field? I probably think that this, you know, in, in my my perception of it, and we sort of watch, we watch as people sort of come into the series and it usually takes them a year to really get the handle on it if it's a new car. And even if it isn't a new car, just sort of running at the tracks that are different and maybe the, the flow of competition. Because that's what you hear a lot about in Formula Drift is that nobody's getting, you know, 12 laps in in practice like all the are is, right. know, is getting you know eight laps of practice before qualifying so I think the advantage is definitely a car that you know is set up it's one that you've always driven don't change much you know and you're probably probably in the beat 80 percent of the people by the time you got there if you didn't change anything and you're used to the car that you're running um but like that that carbureted engine just seems simplistic and uh is that is that something that you think you're going to take, or are you going to go to the the EFI?
1: Uh, we'll probably go to the EFI. Uh, that way, you know, with traveling, you, you hit all sorts of different um, you know types of weather, and mm. we don't have to mess around with all our jetting and everything and tuning it at the track. It's going to be pretty set up with the with the
0: EFI. Okay. So when you come up into different elevations, you got to change the uh, the jetting into the carburetor. Yep. Yeah. that have- all.
1: We have to constantly watch the air density and
0: make sure that our jetting's set up right for it, yeah. So I guess, yeah, maybe some of the stuff that the computer can figure that out is a little better. Yeah, exactly. So who's a genius that sets all that up for you when you come to a new track?
1: That's my uncle Steve. Okay. Yeah, he's he's all over that stuff.
0: (laughs) All right. So is he going to be traveling with you this season as well? Yep. Okay. Yeah, he'll be there at all the events. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's really good to hear. We like that, uh, uh, you know, bringing bringing it and making sure the car's running great. It's nice to have that experience when they come there. Cause I find when you're at the track and having an issue, you can never get them on the phone anyway. they right. <laughs> they know you're competing, right. And they know that you're far away, but somehow when you actually really need them, you, <laughs> you can never get a hold of them. So, Hey, shout out to uncle Steve. And yeah. We look forward yeah. <laughs> to seeing him up here in Edmonton. Um, all right, so coming into to the rounds, I know that we have like the three pro rounds, and you've seen some of the payouts. I mean, we are paying out in Canadian money, but we are also giving out some tires and stuff like that as, a, as the rounds go on. So, you know, Zestina's giving out 12 tires per round to the winners, and then we got some other prizes coming. Um, and then at the end of the season, we finish off back in Edmonton, August 12th, and I've been- Wanting to talk to some of the people that are traveling a far ways and sort of see if you're planning to stay and come to our Bash event, September long weekend, or do you have another event after the August 12th event?
1: Yeah, so I probably won't this year um, because we're going to be traveling the two long events all the way up there already. Right. So obviously, obviously it comes down to being able to budget everything in a season. And in September is usually our DriftCon After Dark event at Evergreen, okay. and that's that's one of the events I don't like to miss. So I, I'm gonna try and compete that one. And this year I'm focusing on trying to do like one event uh, a month with this car. Okay. And after that is also gonna be a shootout in October at Evergreen. So kind of once the you know the season cuts off for the pro series I'll move
0: to to competing a little bit more local
1: yeah. okay
0: so when is the evergreen after dark event uh I can't remember okay. off the top of my head <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm really trying to get some some people to experience our strato strato bash because we basically do three days well two full days and then a half day on our on the we're actually we're going to be doing round one and we just basically just shred the entire track for the weekend and we're trying to get people that sort of travel up to the 12th, the August 12th event for the final round just to, you know, leave the car, fly home and then fly back and save a bunch of travel time. But uh, I'd be interested to see how that goes. I think I definitely need to bring a car down and maybe uh, drive at Evergreen with no stress of running an event and uh, see what it's like go. down there. Yeah, that be rad. My luck, it'll be the rain and, you know, what. <laughs> Uh, no offense to rain drifting but I think it's terrible.
1: <laughs> it's not as fun. I
0: yeah. Agree. Oh, see so he says September 30th looks like that must be the after dark event. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. We're going to have to convince you. I think by the time that you drive the StratoTech event for round 1, June 10th, we'll have to convince you and I don't know, we'll put it into the prize payout or something oh, like okay. that that you get a free pass into StratoBash. <laughs> um so a little bit about the competition. So you guys, you started competing Evergreen, and I think we talked about all your favorite tracks that you've driven in the last one. Um, mm-hmm. And then we kind of got these little rapid fire questions that we've been asking everybody. Um, but since we're, we're not really pressed for time, we'll take it a little bit longer. What's the dream car that you, that you would build? No budget, no anything. What's the car that ultimately you'd like to take to Pro One Formula Drift?
1: oh um after seeing the uh, s650 chassis that's what it would be for sure
0: yeah. <laughs> all right so obviously you watch a lot of chelsea denofa videos you're a mustang yes, yeah. guy <laughs> so you definitely see like his demo cars with that setup seem to be just bulletproof i mean i think i watched his video and he was talking about how great that because that's the s550 right uh, is is yeah. the demo cars yeah, And he was talking just you know is it stock got the T56 transmission and they just pound on it and beat it all day long put their angle kit on and I was like you know they're not that expensive that might actually be the ultimate uh you know drift car where you you know you don't monkey too much with it it's all still you know factory ECU you don't need any more than that it's already making 600 horse. And now they released this this uh, 650 with already an, an electric e brake in it for drifting. So, good things from Ford right there. Oh, yeah. All right. So that 650, you're obviously liking the uh, the builds that the that RTR came out with. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. I liked checking. Yeah, those are pretty sweet. Yeah. At, at first, I was kind of skeptical about the S650 when they released it and seeing the, the body shape and all that, but when they're built out to be a race car, they look really good.
0: They yeah. look really good, yeah. And then how much did you cringe when they were smashing into the walls and the tire barriers? Oh, man, that was rough.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Typical Mustang things. Yeah, right just, now, so it is what it is.
0: <laughs> carbon fiber smashing into it. All right. So number one drifting idol that you, you'd say that you look up to. Who is it?
1: Um, well, I would say it's Chelsea DeNofa right. for sure. Yeah.
0: He's nice. definitely the guy,
1: like the reason is because like his driving style and his whole demeanor about even competing at a pro level, he's just mm-hmm. like, I don't really care. I'm just going to go out and, and drive. And recently I listened to the podcast they had, um, on their, um, outer zone right. that FP has been doing. And he was kind of talking about like, how he's like, well, if I'm going to win a championship, I'm going to win it how I want to win it.
0: Exactly. So he's yeah. kind of
1: been someone that I look up
0: to, like how he really kind of holds himself and everything. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, and definitely the amount of driving that he does, and he actually seems to really enjoy driving. I mean, mm-hmm. like from all from all aspects, he drives everything and drives all the time. I think that's definitely where where you want to see. I mean, you know, I'll put it out there that we always look you know i'm a rotary guy so i look my guy is uh kyle mohan and i'm like why does, does this guy not drive more yeah. you know when he says he's breaking in his new car he's got five laps in his brand new chassis i'm like how come <laughs> you're in california tracks are open year-round you you already know what you're doing get some practice drive a ton and then you'd be really comfortable in the car sort of my my thought in it right we always you know like the guys that are running the same chassis the same motor that you do it's the last last of it right um right but yeah chelsea definitely he's just been a great guy so when he was out at did you take his class when you were in mission last year did you get there in time for that on the friday no night? i right. i didn't no but you had a mustang so i'm sure he came by gave you a high five and uh you guys did mustang things together anyway so you did come <laughs> check it out yeah <laughs> All right. So then the dream setup obviously going to be what? The B- big V8 that they, those boys run?
1: Um,
0: yeah. I would or yeah, or would you go with the um, um, Pollock one where it's just a full blown supercharged those, illuminator?
1: Those are two really good choices. That'd mm-hmm.
0: be a tough one. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. Probably either or would be my All answer. Right. I don't think I would
0: yeah, play either way. I, I think Pollock driving, his, his driving style is one that I like as well. Yeah. Like if you're looking at a, at a Mustang driver and a guy who sort of just puts it all in there and made it as JDM as you, you could for a Mustang. Cause when you watch him at Irwindale or something like that, the guy is absolutely the exact same, every single run he clutch kicks in the exact same spot on that inner bank with probably the loudest car that you can hear in person is that uh, supercharged Mustang. Oh yes, has. definitely. Um, all right. So an event that you want to go to, what's one of the events that you'd like to, it's sort of on your bucket list is something that you really want to drive. I would want to drive.
1: Um, well, I tried to apply for good life last year. I wanted to go when they were in Colorado and I got accepted and everything, but it just kind of fell out of the budget to be able to bake it there. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd like to go run that event.
0: Do a good life. All right. Yeah. I think I was looking at it too. I was trying to get into something. I, Actually, when Chelsea was up, I was like, what's an event that you got to run? And he definitely said one of the grid life ones is they're great, lots of driving, and just a great atmosphere. I guess it's probably as close to uh, like one of the Gapville events that you can get in the US. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. If I could go um, drive that, that's what I would go drive to. But I think that's way out there for me. <laughs> all right. Gap bill is definitely my, nobody said it yet, but that is my bucket list event. One day I'll go to Norway. We'll drive it. A hundred percent. What sealed it for me was, um, Frederick Osbo, Mad Mike, both drifting past some guy, you know, just lapping his car and they, one drifted on the inside, one drifted on the outside. And I was like, definitely, that's the event that I want to go, go yeah. drive. Right. <laughs> that's a hundred percent it. Right. That's the, uh, the, the style of event that I like. Um, Okay, how about uh, a dream sponsor? What's the sponsor that you want to have plaster on the side of the car that's going to take you all the way?
1: Um, dream sponsor would be Skittiest Garage to pay my way.
0: All right, so everybody go subscribe to that YouTube yeah. channel because, well, I don't know, maybe you got that YouTube money now.
1: No, you're, definitely not.
0: <laughs> you're kind of the re- first real YouTuber that we've had on. And, uh, you know, nobody ever talks about how the YouTube guys make it, but. You know, you look at TJ Hunt, you look at LZ and uh, probably the, the best one is Whistling Diesel with the most followers. And, and uh, you know, yeah. I guess that's where you got to get to where you can, uh, you know, test these cars and just destroy like a brand new Ferrari or something like that and make the views. And just not care yeah, at all. <laughs> not care. <right? laughs> okay, so Skiddy's Garage is going to be the dream sponsor on the side of the car, just flaunting the YouTube money don't sure, care about anything i like it <laughs> i like it i hope you get there remember us when you're there you can All take right. us along for the ride that's awesome um okay what's a dream battle who do you want to drive against like what's your what's a competitor that you want to go against uh drive and and drive until you guys actually get like a really clean battle uh,
1: like on the pro like out of the pro drivers and- or
0: Anybody that you want, you pick You pick any driver that sort of inspires you and in who you want to be driving against. I would want to drive with
1: uh, Mike Wadett. All right. Sure. That, that would be the one. Yeah? Yeah. So he's, maybe go, he's definitely go to the Mad one Mike, of the like ones Summer I Bash? Started, oh, yeah. That'd be sweet. He's one of the ones I started watching like first, like when I first started getting the drifting. Okay. And, you know, like with his his style too and everything, you know, and every single car that he builds is definitely an inspiration right that's why i couldn't keep a stock gt body on my car i had to find some
0: wide body kit that worked you gotta make it happen <laughs> right yeah you yeah. no, exactly and sort of sticking true to that engine setup and and just going with it and maybe get known for that because honestly I, I don't know i haven't seen many of this small block and even carbureted ones there's one guy out of the states that that we we drove with at drift league uh bear engine or something he had a BMW with a small block Chevy in it um, thing was making like 650 horse same things and carbureted and it absolutely <laughs> blasted so you're actually only the second person that we've seen with that uh, with that engine setup and it's kind of neat to see that it's unique and uh, using it for drifting um, alright so let's go through most expensive part on your car uh best investment I maybe that you put into it. Um hmm. well there's a lot of expensive parts. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to drifting, um, okay. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. I would say I, I can't say the winners yet because I haven't even tested it. Right. So I don't know if it's gonna be great or not. So I'm gonna knock that all off. Um I'm not the most expensive, but definitely like the most Worth it would be the FDF angle kit.
0: Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Shout out to Josiah, fellow Canadian. He seems to be killing it.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. He There's seems,
0: a, he seems to he's, uh, he never seems to sleep. He's always making content, um, and engineering. It's interesting to see. I, I've seen a lot of people, uh, even in the, in the pro series for FD change over to the FDF angle kit, maybe away from Wisefab. So, I don't know. Yeah, I saw that this year. It yeah. seems to be that way. So is it just good feel? It doesn't seem to get like, what is it about it that you like maybe as compared to a different angle kit that you've driven on in the past?
1: Well, I don't have a ton to compare to because the kit on the Fox body was a uh, homemade, mm-hmm. you know, fabbed in the shop sort of deal. But what I really like about the FDF is one with the, you know with fdf as a company it's super easy to get replacement parts you don't have to buy a whole new kit to get any spares or anything like that right. um and the adjustability that it allows for this chassis specifically because the front suspension of these cars suck like it's like if you go to drive one of these stock and go and try and drift it it's absolutely horrible
0: you just do so, that's and that's it yeah, yeah spin up
1: yeah yeah or you hit crowds or something like that you know <laughs> but the uh yeah the fdf the adjustability that's in it and like you know with jasai his engineering behind all of his angle kits he actually considers a lot of things and i've i've talked to him before because um the last event last year i ran the prototype of the new version they're coming out with this kit for this kit for this car and So, like, just hearing him kind of, like, talk about, like, oh, I'm going to change this and this because of this, it shows that he actually puts a
0: lot of time and effort into the engineering behind it. Right. Yeah, which is nice because, you know, if they're writing a prototype kit, obviously it's not. You have the prototype kit to give uh, feedback and sort of give a little bit of input on it. So, there's obviously things that, you know, aren't 100% or aren't perfect, but having a company you know, stand behind it and say, okay, yeah, maybe that wasn't perfect. Maybe that needs to be stronger and build it up. I think that's probably a good thing. I haven't heard, you know, bad things from it. You, I have only really seen in the last year, people switching, you know, from the blue kit to uh, FDF and, and it's all seems to be really good. So, um, you know, my, my favorite was always cut knuckles. They seem to be the fastest, you know, just with not big angle. Yeah. And then going to an angle kit seemed to be a little bit of a learning curve. When you're at big angle, it really slows the car down. Right. And, <laughs> but when you're running 690 horse, I guess you just pedal through it and go, go, go. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I like that. All right. Um, so let's talk about the most expensive thing that you've broken on the car. Maybe it's been uh, bulletproof and all good.
1: Well, I went to Wenatchee Valley Speedway and actually got into a a fight with the wall there and bent my fuel coil over on the driver's side. So that's so far has been the most expensive replacement. All right, but so this, so far not too bad. These
0: are two, two way adjustable. I'm assuming the good ones. Or these, no, they're just there. Okay, they're so ones. it's not yeah. it's not as bad no. because I know that the the price jump from the. The single to the two-way is, you know, it just double oh. the price, basically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm kind of a big proponent of the uh, single adjustable coilover. I find really until you're in running, like if you're running FD Pro, running eight different tracks, I would say by then you probably have the experience and there's enough people in the pits to help you set up a good two-way coilover. Whereas like the single adjustable, most of the stuff that we run, it's it's a lot of it's fairly minor. It's not you know you're not coming off of a bank at huge angle and doing a jump or something like that. So I, I think that's a good, good way to do it. Um, so most expensive part that you broke was your your feel. So that's good. Um, now your your partner in the skiddiest garage. Mm-hmm. Early on, I think it was the end of last year. He was going through that he had actually blown the motor in his car. Um, yeah, that
1: was the that was the same event. <laughs> that was event, I that was a, that was a
0: <laughs> tough event when you're uh, both cars. You got to push push back onto trailers and uh, make it home. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Double down and build that that crazy golf cart. Um, Hey, all right, so why don't we talk a little bit about it? I know that uh, watching some of your videos, you're kind of doing them after work. What is it that you do for, for work in real life to, to kind of give you the skill set to go in and, and work on these cars and do all the stuff?
1: Uh, I am a manufacturing engineer um, for a company that like, we build subcomponent electronics. Uh, and I went to school for mechanical engineering. Okay. So I kind okay. of have a background there with engineering and that's definitely
0: what's helped with building this whole car and everything. Right. So a lot of wiring that you're doing all the wiring and electronics in the car then that gives you your, like a great understanding for all that type of thing. Um, A lot of
1: the, you know, like the wiring, like with the golf cart, I learned that from my uncle as well. Cause he, oh. he helped me with the wiring on the uh, pro car. So he's, He's taught me so much. He has so much experience. He's got over 30 years experience in race cars.
0: So Shout out to Uncle Steve, I guess. Big, big it, shout right? out. Like, I mean, <laughs> yep. basically, you know, he, he raised you up, taught you everything you know about wiring. Do you teach how to weld too or you learned that?
1: I I learned that,
0: yeah. Okay, all right. I'm still, can you still well working
1: be- on it, still getting better. Can you
0: <laughs> weld better than your Uncle Steve? <laughs>
1: uh, I, would, I would say so.
0: <laughs> okay, good. All right. So one thing that Uncle Steve doesn't have on you, knows the wiring, he can set up the motor, he teaches you everything else. It's it's good to see. I, you know, we joke yeah. about it, but it's it's awesome to see. I mean, just, just great people coming out. I mean, that's really the, the camaraderie behind it. Um, goals for this year. What are you going to be happy, happy doing? What's your, what's your kind of all in mindset for the 2023 season? So it's definitely to be competitive.
1: I mean, we're going there. We want to win a license. Um, But ultimately for me, it's about the experience of getting to travel, uh, not staying just to your local events and, you know, going going there. I'm going there with a bunch of people that I really care about and they care about me and they're. And as long as we're having fun all the way through, you know, whatever happens happens and we'll just keep going. Excellent. No, I like
0: that. I like the mindset behind it. I mean, the competition is there. I mean, I I really enjoy the competitive side of drifting. I find um, the driving is so much better than the maybe like a grassroots event or like just a, like a bash style event. And that's where we, we, Like for our events, I try to like make as much practice as possible. Uh, You know, you don't need to be sitting in the pits. I mean, as a driver myself, I never found that I'd rather be on the track if the track went cold and then we had like a half hour break. I really didn't need it for anything else because you're not going to eat. You're already sort of wired up. You're anxious to get out and go to qualifying. So I found like if the track could just be hot for the maximum amount of time the better it is i mean that's that's sort of my idea behind it you know get you get the most laps and and the money worth that you can and sort of our ours is in the same same boat running the series you know we got ambulances on standby you got everything that you paid to get this and all the insurance you know nobody needs that time to uh you know we don't need to give you a designated lunch break. If you're hungry, you're, you know, all adults, you can stop and grab a bite or right. when you're getting fuel right. and tires, that's when you're going to grab something to, to keep going. Um, so practice, do you find that you like, are you going in and doing change up like changes on your setup throughout practice or how do you sort of, how are you finding it? Yeah,
1: we definitely will. Yeah. We make changes during practice. Um, for the most part, if it's if I go out and it feels good and I feel like I have the car dialed and I don't really see too many changes that need to be made, we'll just go and run the practice so I can get comfortable with the layout and work on hitting zones and everything. Um, But in that time, if I feel like okay, we can make this a little bit better, we need to make a change on tire pressure, we need to adjust the dampening or something like that, uh, then we'll bring it in, make that change, and then go back out. So mostly in practice what we're trying to focus on is making sure the car's a hundred percent right for me, that I'm comfortable. Okay. And then it is just focusing on all the zones and then tandems.
0: All right. And you have a spotter that's coming with you. Obviously, you have a spotter that helps you out. Um, I don't have a specific one yet. I have to figure okay. that out still. Yeah. All but Steve. I,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, he was my spotter at uh at Spec D, he, my good buddy Alex Chavez, he helped me for a little bit, but he was also trying to spot for Jay, okay. so it didn't quite work out. And then Uncle Steve stepped in and yeah, so yeah. spot. He uh, he spotted for the first time in a drift event, but I don't think this year we'll do the same thing. We'll probably have someone else since he'll be focusing on the maintaining the vehicle in the, in the pits.
0: All right. Well, then I'll give us, I'll give some advice for for people that are watching, people maybe wanting to to come and join an event, make sure that your spotters come and talk to the judges because all through practice, basically everybody, uh, we didn't see a lot of spotters. So a lot of times like as a judge, we go down and we'd actually just go to the line and talk to drivers and sort of see maybe something that we were seeing that they could improve or you know something that was awesome that they should just keep doing that. But driver, drivers with their spotters just definitely need to come and spend some time uh, with the judges, even just one of them and, and watch with a judge as, you know, as the driver's making the run and, you know, if it's a good run, great, then we can sort of just tweak it and see, you know, some of the zones that we're missing because mission is a tough layout. I mean, that was the first year that we did that layout and that long extension sort of from the, uh, the first, the second outer zone, with the touch and go there all the way down that long straight.
1: How did yeah. you find
0: that that layout? <laughs>
1: this um, challenge?
0: Struggled yeah. for a while. And then
1: definitely helped, uh, you know, having Jace there too, because we were both like, you know, how the hell do we make it through the right. straight? Like, how are right. we supposed to do it? And we kind of just figured out, oh, well, you can't lift at all. You just have to go. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was definitely –
0: definitely a challenge through that section and that's where for me the gearing was a huge issue so if you had just a little bit more wheel speed then you can just stay in third and and pedal it through that area
1: yeah i think it definitely would help because i was actually coming through the last uh swoop to the finish line i was actually having a clutch kick my car which is so weird to have the power (laughs) and i'm like oh i got a
0: clutch kick oh god
1: here we go right
0: right right (laughs) yeah no that's not too bad right so is jace gonna come up i mean we've, we've talked to him a little bit um i'm not sure if he's committed to come up and make all three rounds or he's just hitting up the mission event but i mean he seems to be driving well and uh doing good things with his his, his car that's sort of done
1: yeah he i think he i won't speak for him but i believe he plans on Coming right. up, at least from when I talk to him, and Excellent. I see that he says he'll bring grass seed this year because that dude likes to keep it ripping through the <laughs> off the well, course. <laughs> I, I know,
0: I know. And uh, we had to buy all new clipping points uh, this year, so I'll be uh, I'll be pushing them back off and trying to have you guys not destroy them so bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're we're looking at doing the same layout. I think just adding another another corner. So actually, you're going to be starting off of the back straight and sort of be flowing in past. So the first out of the will actually be where the start line was last year.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. So we'll be drawing that up. I mean, we've, everyone's been using these uh, like online, a set of courses or something like that. So we've really been trying to set it up and, and actually see how it flows. Um, make some changes and kind of see if it's, if it's doable, maybe it's too long of a run for tire wear or something like that. But I think yeah. kind of coming in, where you actually enter onto the road course off of the 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 uh, drag straight i think it would be nice to be already you know loaded out spinning wheels and then flowing through that whole zone instead sort of you know instead of clutch kicking up against the wall and trying to carry it out to that first you know touch and go just sort of my my thought on it i know the 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 uh the track is difficult with that long straight but do you find that you enjoy like that challenge in it or or what's sort of your your thought behind it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, like definitely having the challenge was pretty fun because you can kind of pinpoint different things with your setup or your vehicle yeah. or um, that you wouldn't really be able to do when you're going to a track that you already know how to set up a car for. Um, right. That kind of, yeah, it makes it a little bit harder, but that's what it's all about. You got to learn stuff and you got to figure those things out if you're going to plan on going and traveling.
0: Yeah. And I I think that's, that's probably one of it. And sort of having the notes ready and, you know, the setup, I mean, you obviously have a little bit of a change going to the independent suspension this year in the back, it's going to be a bit of a change for you. But Mm -hmm. I really think like there's, there's just lots to see as the drivers progressed, give them a ton of practice so that they can actually, you know, link that course. And once guys linked it once, they were just nonstop all the time hitting the same, you know, marks after marks and, you know, Jace obviously hitting the grass a lot. <laughs> we have many, many pictures of, of him yeah. you know, for sure, for sure. Two wheels off, but I, mean, right. I, found, I think I
1: found a good one of him and I saved it in my
0: phone just to have it, you know, <laughs> was it where the, uh, was it where the clip point was like folding over the yeah. entire back of his car? <laughs> oh <You know>? yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring that clip point down with me to mission and I'll give it to him as a trophy so he can take it home for him. Oh, perfect. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so other than that, I mean, it's just good catching up with you. I've been really enjoying the videos and sort of seeing the build progress. Are you going to be blogging uh, this season as well? Like sort of as you come up and do the traveling, you're going to try to do the vlogs? Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to
1: try and do some video coverage. Um, I plan on doing a vlog style and then I'm working with one of my good buddies. I want to do a full like uh, event recap sort of video. So we're trying to figure out the logistics of all that. Um, I think he's going to kind of focus on being just a dedicated media person for me this year and kind of bring a different style of video rather than just a vlog where I get out of the car and I have 30 seconds to tell you what's going on. And then you're going to watch some on-car footage. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. No, I think that's really interesting. It's maybe something that's lacking a little bit in our, in the, like your Canadian pro series is sort of the event recounts you see so many of the pro drivers doing it and i think it'd be great to to see you know our guys sort of do that it's fun to follow along the story behind it and you know just just see how it goes and in the progression of the series i mean it's been basically three years since we run a a full multi-round series so we're looking forward to getting back to that um anything you want to sort of close off with before we we let you go um no, I mean thank you for having me on and Thanks, the chance to get to talk to you again. It's been
1: been good and I'm ex- I'm looking forward to coming up and competing. And make sure you uh like, comment, and subscribe to Skidius Garage.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll definitely throw the throw it in there and we'll we'll do it, especially when we do the uh the podcast version. So cool. again, if you want to listen to these, I know when I listen back to them, I absolutely hate listening to my voice and it sounds so nasally to me. But I mean, if you want to listen to it, throw the headphones in when you're in the garage working on something, uh, You just type inspect D on any of your your podcast uh, servers, and you can usually find us in all of them. And we'll try to put the link in there for your YouTube channel. I think it's great to to have people doing it. I mean, I see Tristan McLennan's joined in. We got Boost Factory that has their, their YouTube channel. So we got lots of really neat, you know, local content that, you know, the stuff that you watch with the big YouTube guys, I mean, it is so unattainable for the rest of us poor people mm-hmm. that, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's unbelievable, you know, the amount of, uh, you know, the build quality and the dollars that they're spending on it. Um, right. And I'll just also give a little bit of a shout out here to, to Pulse RV. So we're working with, with uh, Pulse RV. They're a local, you know, like RV supplier and they're right by the Fort Saskatchewan area. So we're actually going to be trying to work with them, to set up something so that we can have like um, like an RV set up at the track for some of our out of town guys. So if you're traveling from far, and you don't want to stay in a hotel, you'd rather stay at the track, make sure you DM me and I'll get you in touch with the right people to do that. It's just something that we've been trying to work on. So you show up and you don't have to leave the track that RV will be there with water and toilet paper. You bring your food and you're basically good to go for the weekend sweet don't have to don't have to worry about leaving i know that's always been sort of one of the hard things when you travel is you know logistically trying to find a hotel yeah and you type in one that's close and you find out you know gee this is a 45 minute drive right you know, yeah after the event when i'm when i'm bagged out so well you know i really appreciate you coming on thanks for always the enthusiasm we always like commenting back and forth and again, we look forward to seeing you. Um, any of your other evergreen guys that you feel need to come on this road trip, bug them, tell them to to get at me. It'd be great to have have like right. the U.S. versus Canada battle, uh, and really show you you know the Alberta scene a little bit more. You've already been into BC; it's really close to you guys, but we got some really good tracks here, and I think uh, I think you guys will enjoy them for sure. Yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, well, thanks for, for coming on and I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your day out, especially after working all, all night anyway, right? Yep. And dinner is ready, there you go. Yeah, it looks like
1: dinner's ready, perfect timing.
0: That's all right, sorry. hey, thanks. All just right,
1: right, thank off. Thanks.
0: Uh, it's so good to to chat with him. It was nice catching up with him after a, a long winter. Uh, his car and some of his driving style was probably some of the... Uh, know the best tandem battles that we've seen in a in a while and it's it's neat uh just seeing new people driving our series and you know that car is always something that fascinates me i like the simplicity of the build and definitely make sure you go and check out skiddy's garage on youtube uh watch the videos it's really interesting to see you know just guys doing it fabricating 90 percent of the stuff himself and uh putting in neat things like quick change and all that good stuff and, I guess this supper must be an amazing thing. It's all in the comments here. So, um, all right. So May 4th, Radtork Raceway, Edmonton, gates will be open 4.30 um, for drivers to show up. And then, again, just make sure 5 o'clock for fans to come. Uh, head over to the website uh, and you can check out everything there. We also got the links for uh, all the, the waivers that you need to sign to come on. But really, it's a, it's a great time to come out. It's open to all skill levels. Basically, you just need to come with a, a helmet and a great attitude and a car that isn't leaking any fluids, and it's, it's a good time. So we're out there uh, pretty much every Thursday in May, and then we do our couple of major events. Is going to be May 13th out at Stratotech Raceway. Tickets are still available for that on the website for drivers. There's still a few spots left for that. And then May 19th, we're going to kick off our grassroots round one at Rad Torque Raceway. Um, as we get a little bit closer to that, will they get the drivers decide what the layout's going to be? So again, specd.ca has a link for that. And all the drivers uh, link is up there as well as a rule book. Uh, fans, as always, just come to the gate. Gates are open. There's no uh, pre-registration or tickets to buy online. You can just show up and pay at the gate. So um, plan for that, plan for including us on May 19th and May 13th into your, into your weekend uh, activities. Again, I'm Sean Hardham for Spec D, uh, trying to do these weekly interviews. It's really interesting just chatting with the drivers and the people that sort of make the series uh, what it is. And, you know, for the a for smaller competition series, it's so much all the people that, that make it great, uh, from the drivers to the staff to all the volunteers that make everything happen. So until next week, we will see you later.